two, one. Hey guys, here we are, the Quick It Out MMA Podcast, episode fifty-five, and we've got not one but two guests. And my guest doesn't even know who the second person is, so we're just gonna bring him in right now. The first person you see on the screen, no longer Uncle Creepy, no longer Uncle Creepy, the one and only Ian McCall. And who's this guy? Hold on, who's this guy? Oh, it's this guy. Yeah. How are you, sir? Yeah, boys. What's up? Monty and Lapa. then we have Eddie Wineland. So we just started, Eddie. So you literally oh, no, right. no, 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 no. Monty Lapog. Yes. Oh. First of all, what are you wearing? I got your shirt, buddy. Right? <laughs> so this worked out perfectly. So Eddie called me like 30 minutes ago and was like, hey, man, I can do tonight if you're still up. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. So Eddie, if you can't see it back here. That is the poster from UFC on FX3. Okay, yeah. It was almost 10 years to the day where both of you actually fought on that card. So let's let's do a 10-year reflection of where you thought you'd be in 10 years and where you actually are right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with Ian because, I mean, you're just a jack-of-all-trades, man. Yeah, I thought I would still probably still be on top by now. Back then, I was like, oh, I'm going to be fucking king forever. Um, and I was not. You know, now I'm a, uh, I'm basically a, I don't want to say life coach. I'm a, I, I mentor a bunch of pro athletes. I'm a psychedelic integration coach to make it simple. I help high performers perform better. I've got pro, you know, big wave surfers. Um, I've got race car drivers and snowboarders, Olympians, fighters. I've only have one fighter. I'm truly working with one-on-one -on -one with my MMA skills um, as a coach. But, or my, my striking skills, he's a bare knuckle boxer. But, you know, I, I get to work with a bunch of really high level performers and take them to, to the next level. You know, they're trying to be, trying to be great. Everyone, there's a lot of really good people out there. But, some motorcycles. I, I live on PCH. I was yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I, live on, I live literally right on PCH, so it's really noisy. Um, but yeah, now I just, I get to actually work with really, really, really interesting people from Red Bull, from Monster, from factory Hyundai and Lamborghini and all these cool places. So it's, it's, uh, it's nice. I, I like where I'm at. I'd say that, I'd say that still puts you on top there, buddy. You're yeah. Still on top. Yeah. I'm creating yeah. champions. I don't, I'm not, I'm not that same person. I don't have the, I don't have an enemy to go try and do it anymore. So I've, uh, I just get to help these kids reach their goals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a win. Yep. All day. Makes I gotta me love Eddie. He's always so damn positive. Like, <laughs> not not always, not always. What do you, what are you even doing, man? Dude, family life, training, working, building cars, doing. I mean, you name it. You name it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I uh, I can't sit still. You know, back to the back to the ten years ago. Where'd you think you'd be? I don't know. I I just kind of go with the flow. And I mean, here I I got a I got a soon to be eight year old and a soon to be six year old and. I mean, you, know, you turn around, you blink your eyes. It's like, hey, Dad, I'm I'm graduating high school, you know. So it's uh, it's one yeah. of those where, you know, last summer we we did nothing but camping and fishing all summer long, dude. It, best summer I've ever had in my entire life. Best summer I've had ever was just camping and fishing all summer long with the family, and uh, gave me a little taste of life after fighting. You know, I still I was still in the gym, still training, you know, but I didn't have to be there i was there because i wanted to be there mm -hmm. and uh dude just yeah it was awesome 
So, um, had no idea where I'd be in 10 years. You know, I'm married, two kids, got a house. Um, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm in a good spot. It's good to hear, man. The, the, uh, my daughter and my godson are out there. They're, they're nine to 10. Yep. And I'm a single guy. You know, I have, I've, actually, my daughter like my girlfriend. You know, her mom's. Weird. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you need to clarify that. As in, as in, she gets all my free time. I'm, oh, okay. I'm a businessman and a coach. So what I do, you know, I coach athletes and treat them like, like, like kind of like my kids. Um, but she gets all my free time. I coach her jiu-jitsu team twice a week uh, for, you know, there for like four hours. And because she lives with her mom during the week for school, she has her little sister there. She's going to be brother or stepdad. It's a family life. I'm dad's a weird, crazy person that works in psychedelics and with fist fighters. So, um, you know, my schedule is not normal. And, and plus, I'm learning disabled from school. So uh, if I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't good at athletics and I my parents weren't so wealthy, I, I would have been labeled autistic or, you know, have some sort of learning disability. Um, so I'm not good at school. I, I've never been able to do her homework, even at like second grade, third grade. I was like, <laughs> not happening. Sorry. I'm, 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 pretty sure, I'm pretty sure my seven year olds are already smarter than I am. They're, they're rattling off times tables. I'm like, Jack, in middle school, I had to keep the same times table about three times before I could actually make it through. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, that's, yeah, school was not my strong suit. The, the kids, though, these days are they're so much better than we were. I mean, at everything. I, I see the, the level they're at with jiu-jitsu or striking or what have you, anything. Dude, it's evolved so much, so much. You see these 21-year-old kids that are, they're, they're, rattling off this stuff it's like dude where did that come from yeah, yeah right what is going on how, how, like what in your brain made it seem like that that was freaking awesome but <laughs> how did you put that together in your brain <laughs> yeah it's dude it's intense like i said he's he's in first grade and they're doing multiplication i don't remember doing multiplication until i was in middle school yeah me too so. and i was good at that shit and that was the best part is that it was like i felt so smart i was like I got this. And then I hit like 10th grade. And I'm like, unless it's got a plus sign or a minus sign and I've got a calculator, I'm out. Yeah. But remember we were told all through school, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Well, I'm looking at it. Well, we did this <laughs> in school, obviously. So, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. What, what was it? What was the old, uh, the old Rocky saying? If you, if you're, if you can't sing or dance or something, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough, whatever it was. Or yeah, that's a, song. that's a song, ain't it? If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Rocky yeah, I'm pretty sure they use that in Jackass. <laughs> the what? I said I'm pretty sure they use that in Jackass. <laughs> well, very well suiting. Oh man, and it's it's crazy to think like Ian. You know, when I met you, like obviously, you know, London was either just born or like it had to be, you know, pretty close. If she's nine now. She, she she was a few months old. Yeah, she was a few months old when I met you. Yeah, so you come from that. And Eddie, I think you're the actually, I think you're the only active fighter still on the roster from that card. <laughs> I mean, well, that's pretty freaking impressive, yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm here for a long time and for a good time, right? Yeah. <laughs> April, April of 23 will be 20 years. Damn. 20 years in the fight game. Damn. Yep. Yeah, I started April of 2003 with my first fight. Started training in February, fought some backyard bar show in, in April of 2003, and here we are today. 
Um, my, and first, he, my first fight was 2002. It's crazy. Yep. Summer. Yep. Wow. Before it was the cool thing to do. Yeah. 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 Way before that. Look <laughs> your faces right now. Like, wait, like, you're gonna, Daniel. Oh, you're voluntarily going to lock yourself in a cage and fight this guy? Absolutely, I am. Yeah, my parents let me in. Think where I, I I grew up in Orange County, California. There's like it's not a fighting culture here. <laughs> With the rich people, and they were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Um, <laughs> you know, I just it's what I wanted to do, and they knew that I wasn't you know going to college or anything. Or I tried, but it didn't work. <laughs> like I tried. Yeah. Absolutely. I wrestled in college. Is what I did. Yeah, you should have used that wrestling more often, but I'm just... <laughs> it's going to hit me the next time he sees me. I know it's going to happen, so I'll just be ready. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I said, I've wrestled since I was six, and I could probably count on one hand in 41 fights, or four, yeah, 40 fights, the amount of times I've taken a shot in a fight. <laughs> Yep. Punch people in the face, man. Yeah, that's the fun thing to do. Yeah. And that's funny given that the background that you have, like knowing how long, you know, how much of a part of your life that was. Yep. yep. Grew up grew up wrestling, but I'm only gonna use it to keep it on the feet. We we just had this conversation at the gym. I think I think I'm sitting like number five for takedown defense in the UFC at like ninety five or ninety eight percent something. I, it's the old, the old the old Chuck Liddell sprawling brawl, right? <laughs> he did. He used his wrestling to stop the takedown so he could knock people out. Exactly. You know Why that's. Not? Yeah, I remember. I started training with Chuck when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was no, no. I, I knew I was good on the ground, but it, but something about cracking. <laughs> yeah, something about just, punching somebody in the head. Yeah, just something about it. Just. Fuck, man, and I was yep. so better at grappling than everybody else. I don't know why I didn't. I should have stuck to it way more. There, there is, there is. I want to say nothing better than a clean shot to somebody's freaking jaw, and you can just feel it. Whack! Everything just lets loose. It's like, yep, that was the home run. Yeah, I just hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, again, we're going back ten years. Your Jorgensen fight, man. <laughs> That was that was that was a shot that when that right hand connected, you you, you just you, you can literally feel the life fall out of him. It's like yep, boom, and he hits a mat. You you know it's it's like it's like a major league baseball player. They know the sound of the bat. Yeah. When they hit that bat, they know it's going over the fence. Yeah. When I hit him in the jaw, I knew he was out. I knew he was going down. That was it. That was my home run. That's crazy. It's a good feeling. Yes. I don't think there's any feeling like that. Like, I don't think I would know. Like, I wouldn't know what that felt like. Like, what would you compare that to to somebody who doesn't punch somebody in the face? Like, is that like, you know, submitting your professor in jujitsu? Is that like <laughs> you're biting into some kind of fighter? You know, when you're biting into something that's not healthy and you get that big, big, disgustingly huge bite in your mouth and it probably makes some weird noise in your throat. It, that same sort of that's that's really the only thing I can think of that would. <laughs> oh my god! You're stuffing food into your gullet. There's that choking sound. Um, you know, it's real specific. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a it's a um, it's a feeling that's hard to describe. 
if you if you've never done it if you've never hit somebody in the face and watched them go unconscious it's a very very hard feeling to describe but it is awesome have you been to a bare knuckle fight i haven't I, I i considered it but you know what when i'm when i'm done at the ufc i think i'm just done good thank you so good yes like like i said the the last summer really opened my eyes as to where I want to be and what I want to do and, and quickly. Yeah. You know, so that well, being said, we, we, we signed, we signed four more fights, but I don't know that we got four more in me. So. Good to know that. I like hearing that because and fuck bare knuckle. I, I like going to coach bare knuckle. It's a new skill set that I can impart on people. Yeah. But hearing the noise, hearing how hard oh, my punches the one fighter I have right now is a bare knuckle kid, Marcus Parker. He punched this dude so fucking hard. It's a different kind of noise when these when these these kids yes. they know how to do That's it. Bone on bone, man. Yep. That's bone on bone. It, it sounds different, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm never, I never wanted to fight in the first place, anyways. It's but. like when when they first started fighting in the apex, and everything was silent. Yes. And all you hear yeah. is smack, 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 smack. I could only imagine bone on bone because yeah. that the, the the leather smacking the face is enough to make people cringe. But to, to for knuckles, like I said, bone on bone to hear that firsthand six feet away. Oh, I would rather watch blood is flying every. Fucking I believe it. I would I rather it. watch Silva's leg break, mm, Weidman's no. leg break, Mir's Mir breaking oh. Nogueira's arm, oh. Sylvia's arm break, than hear that sound. The first time that I did, because again, the first time I heard a knuckle hit a skull, I was like, "Oh, yeah, like, that is." It I is. It is. A I don't very, even know what my face looked like, but I hope it would convey it's a the very out of specific it. crack. Yeah, it, it's almost a hollow sound because yes. you get knuckled the bone on bone. Yep. It's it's yeah, it's weird. It's not mm-hmm. comfortable sounding. Drop drop a bowling ball on the concrete. Yeah, exactly. Throw a bowling ball in the bowling alley, the one where you throw it up and it hits me. <laughs> oh. You guys have heard a skull hit concrete ever, like off a skateboard, someone falls down and whacks their head on concrete hard? Yep. Oh, man. That yeah, haunts me for life. Yep. I, I, growing I up, have, I wanted to do that. I have a very specific sound in my head mm-hmm. when, my, when my oldest was almost three. Dude. Oh. We were we were shopping, and he was standing in the cart, and I had stopped, and I wasn't paying attention. I took a small step back. I didn't jerk the cart, but I gave it a little. I pulled it with me, dude. He lost his balance, flipped out of the cart, and went straight cart, straight head to concrete. The sound, the sound that that made. I seriously, you take a bowling ball and drop it from six feet straight on the concrete. That is the exact sound. It still it, it gives me freaking quivers thinking about it. But uh, I mean, fractured a skull. We spent the night in ICU. All this garbage, and uh, um, it wasn't super serious. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like that sound. That sound forever will resonate in my head. It was just. It was so creepy, and I, I felt so bad because, like I said, I was looking away, wasn't paying attention to him. And just took a just the ever so slightest step back. It was enough to knock him off balance and out of the cart, dude. Oh yeah, makes me makes me nauseous. Oh. Listen, man, I've got 
you can't see it now, but I got a scar in the middle of my forehead. I was three years old and cracked my head open. Mm -hmm. You had a bunch of times, didn't you? What? So your mom dropped you on your head a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. Oh, I appreciate that. I think it's more this area, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not so much here, here or, or here, here. but right about here. In unison. I'm sorry, son. Sorry. In unison, <laughs> all three of us just did the same. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how can you not? How can you not quote that movie when somebody says something like getting oh, yeah. dropped on the head? You know, my mom told me, she said it was January 1st. She was on the phone with one of her friends and she was like, this is the year. No accidents, no clumsiness. And she said, I walked into the room and there's just blood coming oh. out of my Like, Mom? But the funniest part is I wasn't crying. My head was split open. And I was just like, ah, whatever. Something's not right. Yeah. It's really <laughs> Please turn it off. Yeah. Well, and Eddie, you mentioned, I'm just going to jump right in this, you know, Look how excited Ian got when he heard there was more fights in you and not doing bare knuckle because you just experienced that last weekend with Mark being at a live bare knuckle fight. Eddie, you got a fight in two weeks? Yeah. Yep. Who is it? Cody Stamen. Okay. June 18th. Beautiful. Yeah. Cody Stamen, June 18th in Austin. Oh, I haven't fight in Austin. Is that the first? Or no, no, no. They have a second fight in Austin. Yeah, I, I think they have before, but uh, I mean, since everything, or I say everything, since Texas and Florida and everything is starting to open back up, they're mainly holding Texas and Florida. Yeah, I was really, I was really hoping for Chicago because this is about the time they normally come to Chicago is either summertime or yeah. But Austin, it is so. To Austin we go. Well, and I'm I'm pretty sure that home down throwdown that was in Fort Lauderdale was supposed to be like Chicago was one of the front runners. Yeah. I don't know how Florida won because like nobody showed up for that fight. I need I need I need a reason to go to Austin too. I've been looking for a reason lately, but I, I'm I gotta go to Miami next weekend, so I can't. Yeah. Good thing it's the weekend after that. Wait, you're gonna be, <laughs> wait, you're gonna be in Miami? Hmm? For how long? For a weekend. Okay. Doing so, what? I try to maybe go see a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love putting him on the spot because he's just like you. Okay, well, I'm about doing this, so. Um, yeah, go away, London. No, it's my godson. Um, okay, well, thank you. Bye. Listen, it's not it's not one of my podcasts without either the microphone stop working. Oh, what's up, kid? Hi. <laughs> Look at her just popping in like I'm a part of this now. This is my friend. Uh, oh my god, son. Well, hi. Stand uh, up, you dodo bird. I'm trying to. Hi. Hi. Darn. And this is why people watch my show, because they never know what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah, oh, are we live? Both passed out on the couch. We're live? No. We're live. Now I'm going to have to edit you out. Close the door, please. Miami, Miami. Yes, so I have, I have a, a lady friend who's out there for a uh, conference, and she's. You no, know, I. I we'll just leave it at that. You don't have to tell everybody. That's enough. <laughs> you brought it up. You could have just been like a conference, and we could have said too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he texts me tomorrow. I'm not going to Miami anymore. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 
Man, so when they came to you with that four fight deal, mm-hmm. like with that, did they try to give you more, or was four what you wanted? No, four four was what he came at me with, and and not, honestly, to be honest with you, I was surprised that that they even wanted four fights. I mean, it it um, I was I was kind of taken back by it. You know, that, that they think that highly of me to, especially with my last two performances. Not that they were bad performances. I just, my last fight, I was out working him. I just got clipped, got caught. Um, the O'Malley fight, yeah, I got caught more than a few times. Um, but, yeah, with, with my last two fights and for them to come at me and say, hey, we want to we wanna give you four more. This is your last fight on this contract. So, um, makes makes you feel good about how they actually feel about you you know everybody says oh well they don't care about you this and that well i i I, for myself i can say that i really feel at least sean shelby cares about me um and i i know dana white has to sign the contract at the end of the day so if he's signing the contract there's got to be some some care there so I, I think at least they're thinking about me and, and they think highly of me enough that I've been around long enough that, hey, we still need this guy. We still want this guy, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I was I was taken back by that. It was it was it was nice. It was nice to know that we still know who you are. We still care about you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Their, their verbiage around fighters has changed a lot. I, I work with them on a, a scientific level now. Which mm-hmm. is- um, and to sit with them, you know, in business meetings for whatever I'm doing, the way they chat about the, the fighters, the athletes is different than they used to be. They're, they're not, and, and not nothing against the Fertitas and the way Dana, you know, used to be when he had that sort of clearance from his boss, mm-hmm. from his bosses. Uh, but we were, commo- we were commodities, we were toys yes. and, and now they take care of that commodity. They still use, you're still a commodity to them. Yep. It's, at the end of the day, it's a business. You know? Exactly. It's a business. And, you know, Dana's a good dude. People give him a lot of shit, but Dana's a really good person. Yes. And, you know, they they, they, misconstrue, they misconstrue the things he does as like this. They make it always make it look bad. Like, oh, he tipped fucking some waitress at the wherever he was gambling uh, 20 grand. Why doesn't he pay his fighters more? It's like. Because they were, were wasn't fighting. What are you fucking talking about? That's his own money. He's not. Oh, yeah, it, it, that's yeah. his money, and there yeah. there was a contract involved with his he, fighters. He just mm-hmm. made fucking seven million dollars in a casino, and of course he's going to give this one. Like you know, it's they, they they can take anything he does in that the wrong way. Yep. And, and make it look bad. No. What? I don't know. I'm done with the show. What's going? On? Oh, yes. Well, I I think that's a. I'll just talk to Eddie since you know Ian's too busy for us. But. No, realistically, it's it's interesting to hear somebody who's, you know, been in the UFC as long as you have, mm-hmm. you know, been fighting under that banner for as long as you have, to talk about it that way. Because there's so many guys coming out, you know, there's so many outlets that are like, oh, Dana's a piece of shit. Why is it? Do I think fighters need to get paid more? A hundred percent. Sure. Uh, and and, and I, I think no matter what you, I think we've had this conversation before, whether you're fighting, whether you're firefighting, whether you're digging ditches, no matter what you're doing. Everybody, no matter what they're doing, is going to feel they need to be paid more, no yeah. matter what. Oh, especially if they're on that's, just, that's just nature of the beast. That's how it is. Now, I, I think a lot of people misconstrue Dana as being a a dick or just not caring because he's he's abrasive. He's very upfront. And he tells you how it is. He's very straight and to the point. This is 
how it's going to be. This is how I feel. This is what I think. If you don't like it, fuck you. And that, that's exactly how he feels. And, and, and people, people have a hard time swallowing that truth bill. They have a hard time hearing how people truly feel. And they're not used to that. And they're not used to people cutting straight to the point. They're, well, well, you know, I was kind of thinking that maybe if we did this. No, fuck you. Tell me how it is. And let's get on with it. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a big problem. I think that is a huge problem that people can't deal with that. That's so messed up to me. Let's just quit, quit dancing around here and just tell me how you feel. I love people like that. Yeah, the, 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 the model for fighters, you know, you know what you're getting into when you get signed to the UFC. You know what it takes to make more money. You have to win and become a superstar. Mm-hmm. You can do that yourself. I mean, yep. it's it's not... It's not rocket science to figure that out. And if you if people have complaints, then dude, just work harder. Dude, become better at everything. Become yep. better at marketing and advertising yourself. Become better at business. Become better at fighting. You know, it's like it's not. Well, that's that's the thing that, like, like you said, marketing. They, 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 these guys, I'm terrible at it. I mean, I should have started marketing myself a long time ago. Shit, I, I've got mustache mafia. I still don't market it. You know, I it's been around since 2019. I and I haven't. I haven't done anything with it just because I don't, I'm, I'm not good at that. I don't exactly know what to do or whatnot, but these people who get signed to the UFC, there's a whole nother side to this. Now you, now you're in the light. Now there's eyes on you. Yeah. What you do with that, all the, you know, how, how, how bright do you want your light to be? You don't have to be the best fighter. If you can find a way to market yourself and to make yourself appealing, there's money to be made. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think it's it's changed from the the pure entertainment aspect of it. You know, 20 years ago, they did all the marketing for you because there weren't, you know, all these different avenues for you to be able to use. There weren't all these different things, um, you know, available. And now you've got to a point where you're not just you don't have to be just a good fighter. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be a character. And you've got the mustache. And we already talked about it. The, the best mustache in all of MMA right now. <laughs> That's You know what? I may not be the best fighter, but maybe I can have the best mustache. That's that's the way I see it. Mustache comes great responsibility. Bingo. <laughs> see? He gets it. He's had it forever. He knows, he knows the game. People respect the fuck out of a mustache, man. Dude. You aren't kidding. People, they, they look at you in a different light. I'm not even bullshitting you. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you the amounts of people that will do a double take. That, Whoa, man, nice mustache. There, there I, can't, is, I can't stop myself from looking at this side because I can see it in the light. Let me see here. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going the wrong way. It's like God's yeah. there. It's just beautiful. It's there. Yeah, it's, it's just there. My my goal my goal when I first started it was I wanna I wanna be able to cover my bottom lip and touch my ears, and uh, I mean it it blew up like went crazy like as long as it is now in like the first nine months, here we go we got a good start, it stopped growing, apparently apparently there's this thing called terminal length that I just assumed it kept growing kept growing kept growing, hmm. nope. There is a thing called terminal length, and some people's terminal length is 30 feet, and some people's terminal length is three inches. Well, um, I'm not doing terrible. It's it's actually trimmed a little bit, so 
I don't know. I haven't measured it. I, w- I would guess it's probably a foot side to side. <laughs> but that's as long as it's getting. Yeah. Not getting any bigger. That's crazy, though. I didn't know that existed either. I yeah, didn't I either until I, I went to, in 2019, I went to the national, it was the Beard and Mustache Nationals in Chicago and competed with these guys. And, and dude, looked like a baby mustache. I'm looking at these guys going, what? I'm I'm out of my element here. Yeah. This guy, dude, I can't even explain it. And I'm talking to him like, man, that's that's amazing, bull. He goes, yeah, it took me 11 months to grow this. 11 months? I'm working on like a year and a half here, guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was um Hey, listen, performance-enhancing mustache growers, you know, it's it, it's they, out. Yeah, that's all. That's all bullshit. They don't. They don't grow them. I, you know, I, I, I make this oil for it. It's got all these different the JoJo oils and the almond oil and everything that's supposed to be good for your hair. And it does. It does keep it nice and soft and whatever. But it don't grow anymore. Doesn't terminal. All, all mine does now is when I do jujitsu. People are like, "Do you vape?" And I'm like, "Why?" They're like, "Your beard smells like coffee." <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know if that was the desired effect that I was going for, but I mean I guess. You have a coffee? Yeah. Dude. I think I think the uh the one the one that I made I made one for Tom Shelf. I made one for Shelf. It was it was a cedar. The ones that I have are campfire and dirt is what they smell like. Campfire and dirt. Campfire and dirt. The only manly. thing missing is like cigarettes and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the mustache wax I just got in the mail. It's coffee, tobacco, and something. I can't remember the last one. There's a, you know, just manly sense. Yep. Exactly. Leather, leather's the other one. Oh. Leather? Mm-hmm. Nice. Is it like burnt leather or is it like. I haven't seen this melted. Smells of leather bound books and rich mahogany. <laughs> no, it smells like my, uh, my, my library downstairs. Oh. All right, take us with you. Let's see this library. It's like four books. <laughs> I tried. I tried reading. I and and I want to like reading so much. I just can't do it. I had to start listening to podcasts. Yeah, reading reading is hard for me. Um, you know, being special and all. I can't sit still that long. I can't. I can't sit and and, and do this for longer than twenty minutes. Right away, I want to fall asleep. Like yep. Right. Away. So I was not taking a nap. But I do love books on tape. I do love reading. I can read scientific articles. If I have to try really hard, not just words, if there's information I have to digest, and usually I have to take psychedelics if I want to read. I have to take like an LSD microdose or a mushroom microdose. So otherwise, I just can't pay attention. I can't put it together. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, man, I've learned so much from reading. Like I, at post-fighting, I've educated myself ad nauseum on, so, on just, well, you know, on the things I, I, I teach now, but it's, it's just it's crazy to think how much smarter I've gotten post fighting. Yep. Well, you kind of have to. We've we've beaten this to a you know a bloody pulp, but there's no contingency plan. Like you know, luckily for you, Eddie, like the last time we talked, you were literally at the firehouse. <laughs> and he's like, if a call bell goes, I have to go. And I was like, at no point would I have been like, no, you have to stay. Like, <laughs> go save that kitten, man, please. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. I'd be lying if I said I had. If, I would be lying if I said I haven't pulled the cat out of a tree a time or two. It's because you're a hero, brother. That's why. Yeah. 
And now a word from our sponsor, Anchor, who has made this entire process possible. Now back to the show. No. Yeah, but I love it. He's one of the humble ones. He's not like, oh, look at me. I'm a firefighter. I'm like, oh, those fucking steep A type guys, you know? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I love steep A. Yes, he's such a good dude. And he reminds me of, of like my Chuck. He reminds me of Chuck. Chuck's like my brother. So he's a giant. I just, I look at him and I'm like, oh, you are and Chuck are so much alike. I can't not, you can't not like that guy. Yes. Yep. He's man. always, always smiling, always in a good mood. Every time I've ever seen him, it's like, hey, hey, man, hey, what's going on? <laughs> always, always in a good mood. Yep. So, well, and I, I have to thank Ian for that because I went to UFC 203 and I got to see Steve A beat Overeem yep. in Cleveland, which was insane. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. The elevator was not so much fun. Uh, the elevator broke. Was that the night that I was on? Yes. Yeah, five grams of mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> we, got to, we got to five grams of mushrooms, and I went to the fights. No, was that, that, there was more, but I don't know that legally we're allowed to talk about it on this. Show. Talk about the drug abuse, cocaine, alcohol, whatever the fuck else was there. Uh, yeah. uh, well, back then I was on a lot of pills. So yeah. I think let's, that, let's put it this way: so now that we're going to put this out in the open, because you know why not? Yeah. Um, I walked into Ian's room because we were staying. Like he, he's like, "Oh, meet me at the hotel." I walk in, they're doing coke off the table. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, and I'm like, "No, no, I'm good." <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, but, I was a back then. Well, yeah, and again, I don't think most of us. I mean, we drank a lot that night. There was a lot involved, but I mean, I was so excited to just be there. Yeah, I was excited to black out and try and fight Louis Gaudino and his whole team in the, in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I barely remember. But apparently, I tried to fight everybody. I do remember the Uber Jack. That was funny. The what? The Uber Jack. Uber Jack? So, we were trying to get an Uber to leave the arena. And there was, what, six of us? I and we, we walked up to a car, and the guy's like, I've been waiting for this lady for 30 minutes. <laughs> And Ian looks at him like dead in the eye and is like, if you take us instead, biggest tip of your life, I promise you. Was like, it was like a sign on that. Like, it was a tiny car. It was not the, big enough for six The people. only thing that would have made that better is if you said Ian looked at him dead in the eyes and said, drive, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, it gets better. So we get in the car. So we all pile in. Well, the lady shows up and she's like, get out. And we're all like, no, no, we're not getting out. Starts screaming at us. The guy's like, the guy gave her the finger as he drove. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a good night, Missed man. your opportunity, lady. You're late. Late to the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he made a couple hundred in, in tips that night just from the rest of us because we all pitched in. I don't, I don't know. But I don't think I've ever told that story on, on the air, so I don't, I don't know how much trouble we're going to get. <laughs> that was Allegedly, I was doing cocaine. Yeah. Those were sugar cubes. No, it was, you know, it was, it was stage cocaine. It was for the movies. Right. We were shooting a documentary about cocaine and me. And then we hung out with, we hung out with Matt Brown in the, the hotel like bar. He just like popped in. He was just sober and being Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, and you're right though. I got to talk to Stepe once. I've only got to interview him once, which I'm sad about because honestly, you're right. He's one of the nicest dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I talked about after he became champion, like, did they treat you any different at the, the firehouse? 
He's like, now I still have to clean shit out of the toilet. Like, it still happens. They're like, hey, champion, come here. Uh-huh. For you. <laughs> come clean the shit, please. Yep. And, and, and you know, I, I think that says a lot. That says a lot about him as a person that here he is, UFC heavyweight champion, yeah. and still wants to be a firefighter. You know, I, uh, again, I, I don't, I don't know how much money he's made, but I guarantee it's significantly more than I have and still wants to do good and help people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, I think that is huge. And that says a lot about his personality and the type of person he is. Yeah. I'm sure he's had a couple seven figure paydays in his life. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and especially with having a good income, you know, he's yep. not burned through everything. He's uh, doesn't live outside of his means. You know, yep. And as I mean, I mean, there is there is no reason that he needs to be firefighting. He doesn't have to do it for money or, you know, he doesn't have to do it. He does it because he wants to do it. Yeah, you know, he, he's just I, I just think he's he's one of the good ones. I think he's genuinely a good person. 100 percent. Yeah. And I believe that. And I think both of you, you know, obviously the firefighting aspect for you, Eddie, Ian, you're doing so much to help the newer generation coming up, whether, you know, like you said, you're working with these different organizations, you're working with these different athletes on a different level than just like, I want to be your coach. I want to be in the limelight. I want to, you know, take all the credit. You're really trying to set these guys up or set any of these people up for better performances and better life. Yeah. You know, TBI healing is one positive, positive side effect of all this. But I'm trying to get to the core of what these athletes, what is the driving force behind them being a fighter in the first place? You know, some fucked up shit happened to you to have to do this for a living. And we don't, Coming from two guys who combined had like 40 years of fighting experience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, you're, we just, we go in there and we're acting out our childhood traumas. Okay. And no one wants to talk about that or the fact that we're going in there to give and receive PTSD in our underwear for blood money in front of the <laughs> replay. So I hate that I laughed at that, but I, I think we both that, laughed at the underwear that, part, that, not the PTSD. That, that, that is honestly, that's, that's a very, very good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to help these people unpack it. And to be selfish, obviously work with fighters. I work with a bunch of people, but uh, the fighters specifically, you know, they, they're trying to do something so great in their lives, so wild, that you know they're, they took that trauma and they used it for their benefit. Well, now you're here. You're in the UFC or you're you know, signed a golden boy or you're uh, racing for Lamborghini or surfing big waves or fucking whatever it is. You come to me and you're, you're good. But I'm trying to help you be great because the, the way you become great is that I clear out – well, there's two ways. The first one is becoming so obsessive with something and having the physical gifts on top of it, talent, the skill, the balls, all of it, the, the right timing, this shit happens more than we think. And then you have this, this great, this, this, you are a great, you're in that upper echelon of athletes. Okay. A lot of times look at Lance Armstrong, kind of a piece of shit, you know, like a lot of those guys are Kobe was an asshole. Of course, nobody wanted him to die and his daughter. But he was a dick. Mm-hmm. Worked so hard. Michael Jordan's even fucking more of an asshole. Um, and and that's I mean you know you you become so great. You're obsessive and you're just you're you're, you're so self centered. Um, if I can 
if I can help people unpack this sort of stuff so that they can clear out those traumas. So number one, they're not getting away of the getting in the way of the performance through anxiety and this other stuff. But with octagon jitters, if we deal with this certain stuff, you won't have this, this these things happen. You're in this cage for a reason. You're in this position for a reason. Let's get into flow. Let's it's a let's hold a constant state of flow um, when we're in these peak level performances where we can see things from outside the box and we can access our all of our techniques without being held back by anger or emotions or anything that's going to get us in trouble. And also, on top of that, I, I don't want people to be looked at as a John Jones or a Conor McGregor. Okay, these are two of the greatest fighters we have in the world. They're looked, at, they're looked at as fucking monsters or shitty people because they've done shitty things. They're just humans doing human things. That's what it is. And if I, if I can get fighters and athletes to be looked at as heroes, to be looked at as martial artists, to be looked at as, as these upstanding individuals who are able to accomplish something that other people can't, it's just the facts. If you could, you'd be there. It ain't fucking easy. Um, if, I can, if I can help these people just be the best versions of themselves and be role models um, and do it all with, with love and respect and integrity, then, then you know, that, that makes it. It makes us uh, with better examples of, of strong, strong, healthy men and women um, that we can look to in sports. You know, these are our icons. These are we're, we're 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 not killing each other on the battlefield like we used to. You know, we 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 were even in that regard. The, the veterans. I work with veterans too. Veterans and fighters go hand in hand. These mm -hmm. are the these are the people I take to the jungles to heal. They don't need to heal in front of some Western shaman who's going to talk about light and love and energies and whatnot. They need to sit with these people, these indigenous folks that are going to ring them clean of their traumas and their, 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 all the gnarly hungry ghosts that embed inside their tissue. Um, and man, when you, when you're sitting in a, in a jungle with 20 veterans, special spec ops guys and fucking savages, and you hear the things that come out of uh, that me and whatever else is going on, it is, it's, it's life-changing, life-altering. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just the boatman. I ferry people, I ferry the most dangerous people in this world from this world to the next. They can die, they can reborn, be reborn, and I can bring them home safely and then teach them a bunch of stuff on the other side of how to, how to be better, how to be. I want to give them tools, breathwork, meditation, this, that, whatever, you know, um, and just try and help people succeed. You know, even if it's post-fighting, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care if you're fighting or competing anymore. I just want you to be a better person. Awesome. I, I don't know what to say after, like, like you hit, like I know what you do. You yeah. know, we talked about this. I've seen the documentary. Which, Eddie, if you haven't seen the documentary, I, I caught, I caught bits and pieces of it. Um, dude, I still talked. I talked to somebody about that last night, about how crazy that was. Just watching that thing and knowing that, like, the film crew couldn't tell anybody where they went. And there were certain parts of it they filmed that they couldn't show. And, um, but just watching, like, Dean Lister, like, that that little segment there. Mm -hmm. And just being like, whoa. You know, and I wish I knew the, the NHL player because that, to me, like. The Blackhawks guy. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Garcia. That's the one yeah. that, that that one stuck out in my mind too, where he was talking about, you know, I got millions of dollars, I got a Stanley Cup, I got this big beautiful house, and I'm sitting there wondering what I would look like hanging from the rafters up there. He yeah. said, I knew something was wrong at that point. Yeah. We need to change something. That was uh I I specifically remember that and I remember Dean Lister going, Whoa man, I just died. 
Yeah. Am I in hell? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yes. I'm I'm very very intrigued by that stuff, and it's uh, it's very very interesting stuff. Well, yeah. I think it's it's something that was so taboo before. Mm-hmm. It was you know it's still you can't tell me it's not widely accepted, but when you start going into the neuroscience of part of it and rewiring pathways and everything else, like, isn't that what, you know, electroshock therapy is designed to like, it's designed to like give your body a joke, but we're doing it in a completely different way. I say we like I was a part of this. Like I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm trying to get through as much of this as I can with knowing how much I know and everything that I've, you know, you've kind of thrown at me, you know, I'm a psych major, like the brain and everything else fascinates me. So to watch these things happen, especially with guys like yourself, you know, not everybody 20 years in a fight game can still form sentences like the two of you. Yeah. And that that's, <laughs> I want to get out before I can't. That's the biggest thing is I want to get out before I can't and still have my sanity, still have my health. Cause I, I do have a family and I have kids that I need to raise. So I want to be able to run and play with them and not hold on. Wait, dad, dad can't put one foot in front of the other anymore. You know? Um, but as far as like, like going back to the, to the psilocybins and the mushrooms and all that stuff, listen to, listening to them talk about how just completely rewiring the brain and, and coming back a different person and, and like how it just doesn't change. Once it's reset, it's reset and it's there. And I, I'm, I'm very, like I said, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. It's it's very uh, very interesting stuff. I'll send you some some gummies. They're um you know the the gummies that we have here at Argos. I'm always a billboard for Argos. I was gonna say pull up your pull up your cup too. You got to do the trifecta: the shirt, shirt, the hat, the cup. You know, nice. I, I'm giving you shit, but I'm literally wearing my shirt. Eddie's got a shirt, and I literally have a cup here, so you I know, can't do anything. We, it's illegal. Yes. Um, but blows my mind. Blows my mind. It's a freaking fungus. Yeah, it's and a mushroom. The thing is, is I was on the cover of LA Weekly. LA Weekly prints sixteen million copies. They print sixteen million copies. And me on the cover, talking about wearing shirts like this and talking about what I do. I've uh, been in Forbes twice, HBO, all this stuff, doing illegal shit. Because people know this is people know that this is the future, and they know that people in three letter agencies are taking these cops, firemen. First responders, doctors, scientists, soccer moms, kids in school who don't want to take Adderall, little five-year-old kids and uh-huh. women and ba- like people are giving these to everyone because it's good for everybody. Now this it's- is direct information from John Hopkins University. Okay, Matthew Johnson is the first professor of psychedelics in the world, and I'm like Matt. Matt's a dear friend of mine. I'm like, hey, uh, I have pregnant women, or I have these people coming to me for these certain ailments. Um, this is what they're asking me. I don't. I, I need to hear your answer because then I can correlate mine with it. Because I knew we had the same answer. Yeah. No, there's nothing. There's no mechanism in the brain or the body that's negatively affected by psychedelics, young or old. Now, there's a, you could have psychological miswirings that that are if we're predisposed, but that's that's different. Set setting and intention is a huge part, and dosing is massive. Now, so we have a gummy through an extraction method that if you take one. You're not going to get high. If you take three, you're barely going to feel it. If you take five, you'll have a little buzz. It says take one on the tin. You're not going to take five Vicodin. Otherwise, you're going to be doing this. You know? <laughs> yeah. So why would you take five of these? 
Um, I do. My bare knuckle boxer, we we both took, I would say, probably five grams of mushrooms, and he fought. And I was just out there and played the video game that is him. Like, mm, try this, try this. And he see where he worked that dude in less than two minutes. Um, but I've heard people talking about fighting the mushrooms, but I don't know anyone who's fighting on five grams of mushrooms. But but he's doing it. You know, I would have been, uh, if, if I knew it back then. But you know, it's. People don't need to be high. Mark and I are crazy. That's different. You know, uh, I've got people that are performing really high level stuff um, of all walks of life on one or two, mm. up to ten. Usually, ten is the higher the higher amount, um, the highest amount, I should say. Five is kind of seems to be benchmark. What's, what's considered your hero dose? Hero dose is five grams. A hero dose will put most people. Thanks, thanks, Eddie. I feel like I'm like I don't know shit about that. Yeah. A microdose is from 50 milligrams to about 500 milligrams, or half. Of, uh, not I mean, it should even be half a gram. It should be like 0. 0.2, 200 milligrams. Um, after 200, you, it becomes perceptual. You begin to feel it. So, I'd say from two to one, one and a half, you have a unicorn dose or a performance dose, which you go out to the museum or you go to do sports or yoga. Um, over from probably about one and a half to to about three three and a half, you have an intimacy dose where you might not want to go do anything, but sit at home and talk with somebody. You're still kind of functioning, and then once you get over three and a half grams to five is well three and a half is therapy. Five is what you call a hero dose, mm -hmm. which most people go to. They have ego death. They have all this crazy shit. Well, Mark has done enough work with the medicine with, with me helping him. Um, to where he can take five grams and go fight. It's over a whole a longer day, you know. It's 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 this. Mm. It's, it's we walked into that building floating. I mean, we were just like on fucking point. Everything he said or I said happened. It was mm. wild. Um, then when you get up to say twenty grams, oh. five to five to twenty is, is uh, five to twenty. Yeah, well, yeah. There's no, there's, there's people have some names for that in there. We go, we go from five grams. You're gonna have an ego death. So, yeah, let's go twenty. Yes. So it's called the God dose, and we do, we do God doses in San Diego with a shaman of mine. Um, he's the only California native shaman I've met in the in the in the industry right now. He's on the board of directors at uh, at Decrim Nature. He was on the cover of Double Line magazine. He's a good friend of mine, Shane Norte. And he's part of the La Jolla tribe and the Morongo tribe. And he, he has a Wamkish. It's a teepee without a top. And, you know, people go really, really, really deep in there. Um, and, you know, 20 grams, you got you got eight people in there on 20 grams of mushrooms. It's heavy. I mean, this is like you, like not for the fainthearted. And then there's the sweat lodge after the next day. Um, so it's kind of wild, you know. And, and a lot of people think like, oh, oh ayahuasca is stronger than mushrooms. If you take that much mushrooms, you're going to get the same sort of effect. It's, it's pretty crazy. I've seen my future. I've, I've cleared out so many things in my life um, where, you know, it, it's important. And, and and for certain people, that's what you need to do. He has a whole, it's basically a church service. It, it's, a, it's a federally recognized church, but he has a whole system behind it all. And it's really beautiful to see, you know, one of the best friends in the space really put this all together and, and create something that's so... Beneficial. I'm actually trying to trying to take some arguments to other people out there probably at the end of, the end of this month. <laughs> I just want to call a timeout because you were like, it's like church. It's so yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my grandfather clock. Sorry. <laughs> that was that was my that was my grandma's clock. Dude, Beautiful. you freaked me out because I'm like, they're hearing this, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah, I got a question for you, Ian. So, a single, <laughs> a single penis envy mushroom. Yes. The size favorite. of your pinky or ring finger. How many grams would you say? Or or milligrams. Penis envy. I would say it just depends. I mean, how how thick we talk. But about the same width as this. Roundabouts. A gram and a half. Okay. Yeah, okay. gram and a half. That that, okay. that seems to be. And penis envy are great. They look like big dicks, Matt. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it looks like it looks like a dick farm if you look. Over like twenty gram pieces. Maybe they're big. I mean, they're they're. And you know, I've I go in to see I see these grow rooms all the time and people growing all kinds of wild fungus. Uh, most of them do look like dicks, but 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 uh, man, penis envy is still my favorite. It's still my favorite mushroom. Uh, it's something about its 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 makeup, its genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they share more genetics with us than than we do with plants. So I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we all come from fungus. There's a thing called panspermia where. Uh, you look at every single star in the sky. Every okay. single star in the sky, they say, now has a planet like ours. This is how the universe works. Um, well, think of obviously how many opportunities there are for life, but a lot of those rocks don't have life on them, or they're just in some sort of process of life. As they're circling their star, they have the perfect temperature and climate, whatever. A rock being hurled from something, some place, some person, I don't know, is throwing rocks covered in fungus through the through the galaxy. They have all the all the different elements that you need to create life. They found a, 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 a probably an asteroid with all four of them, but then also they carry fungus and bacteria. Hmm. So, we, what do you need to create a human, a dog, whatever it is? Fungus and bacteria and those elements for life. So, these things are hurling through the, the fucking universe and just starting to hit planets. And they found fungus on Mars. They found fungus on the Moon. Uh, they obviously fungus came here, pollinated the planet through panspermia, theoretically. Um, where that's also, I think, where uh, where um, uh, octopus come from. But I'm not, I think that's more theoretical. Dude, okay. those things. I, 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 a little off subject. Netflix, my octopus teacher. Holy crap, man! Really those crazy. Things, those things are. That's a different life form, dude. And they come from outer space, I think. But you know, we know we know fungus does for sure. Didn't Ricky Gervais just make an octopus joke? He's like, he's uh, like eight legs, two brains. Four oh yes, yeah. his new special is so good. Um, I have to get past the first fifteen minutes. I I love Ricky Gervais, but it wasn't like it didn't tickle the funny bone. Let's just say, like, it's a different sort of comedy. He's yeah. dark too. It's fucking hilarious. But, you know, we, anyways, we all come from fungus. If you have a dog, eat mushrooms with your dog. Just like cannabis helps a dog, mushrooms, the connection you have with this dog is huh. incredible. I was that's, so – That's I rather was, interesting. Sitting there with my buddy's dog, his head on my lap, and I was looking at him. I was like, oh, man, Mr. Wigglesworth. Is that really the dog's name? Nice. Oh, my God. He's one of those beautiful Irish setters, the long, uh-huh. oh, yeah. And um, you know, it, it, it's really cool to see because even my partner at Argos, he has a new puppy. Not new anymore. It's probably a year old by now. By five months, this thing was trained in a few different languages: Russian, English, and knew all all the cult was perfect. And he's like, I have microdosing. Wow. Like, Shit. Wow, that was wow. the first thing I heard about it. And now, oh. 
I'm sold. I, I haven't heard anyone else doing it, but I, I hope people are because it's it's a life form. It comes from fungus. So why not eat mushrooms with it and bond? Interesting. Mm -hmm. If you were anybody else, I'd be like, this guy's batshit crazy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Eddie's get, Eddie even is kind of like, what? Oh, okay. No, I, I'm telling you, I, I am, I am very, very intrigued by this stuff, and and I, I am, I am on board 100 percent with with. I, I don't know the facts, but what he's saying, I wouldn't discredit it. No, there's absolutely no I, way I, I would discredit it. Too, yeah. It's I, I speak from science. I speak. I only speak from the scientific literature that I've read or the research that I've done. Sure. And um, I, I made sure to check all the boxes. How can I be the face of a company that's technically illegal? Well, I preach for two different churches. I, I donate and work politically. It was my first job was working politically. Um, I am a celebrity outside of it, a celebrity in the space. I work with all the right institutions. I do all the right education I, I, I teach harm prevention. You know, I tell people like, look, this is, this is responsible drug use for adults. Like you can, you know, just, and all the things that come with it. And, and just, I just hope and pray that they don't fuck with me. And they haven't because they understand. Mm -hmm. Look, you guys know you're all taking it. I know the LAPD is educating their, their police on the benefits of it. Not saying they should take it. They're saying, look, it, oh, I say that. For them. and you know, again, a lot of police are taking this because, and firemen, because you guys are getting PTSD every fucking day. You guys should be on mushrooms. Like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> fuck. Look at this, this whole outfit on. It's not real. Let's just hang out and talk. Let's just sit here for a second. You know, like, you guys would be able to read people's energy better and, and have less PTSD stuck on you and, and work on the people from your own energies. And I mean, it's it's a whole, it's a thing that'll come around. You know, I, yeah. I, I love yeah. studies behind it. That much, that's what makes me really happy. Because me talking about it, I could just be some asshole shooting off things that aren't true. But luckily, I'm not. <laughs> luckily. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> there's, never, there's never a time you don't talk about something that I'm like, what? But I also, you know, I've come to know you like we talked about, you know, it's been 10 years of this. You know, I think the first time I interviewed was 2011. Uh, Eddie, I think the first time I talked to you was 2014. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember all that stuff. Of course, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but you had all of it, whatever it was. What? You said you had a lot of it. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Listen, what are you Damn. at right, right now? 165. No, no, no. I'm slim down to like 158. I've been doing. Man, you're heavier than I am. Oh, bro, I got one up to 170. When 178, I think was the highest I read. Wow. Probably about 180 on a good day. And okay. what, is, what is that? Five foot six of 100. The internet says I'm five five, bro. I'm like five four and three quarters. Oh, I know. Good day. I'll never forget you opening the door and be like, <laughs> like who's this little fucking guy? Pat him on the head. Man, 170s, huh? Yeah, wow. I mean, basically 180. And I and I, I remember I was hiking uh, this thing called Runyon Canyon in Hollywood. It's where all the influencers and famous people go for a hike. It's actually a really hard hike. But, um, you know, I was hiking it all the time. And I got to the top and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> uh, my buddy's like, bro, you look more like a personal trainer than a fighter. And I was like, mm, damn. Mm, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, chicks, 
chicks fucking love muscles. One thing I found out. But outside of that, I it wasn't comfortable, and I was just, yeah. I just didn't like it. It was too big. Yep. Couldn't move that well. Mm. See, if I if I get to like one fifty six, one fifty seven, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel I feel uncomfortable, and it's the difference of I'm right now. I'm walking at about forty seven, forty eight. Okay. But the difference from like out of fight camp fifty one, fifty two versus fifty six, just five pounds. People are people look at you like really five pounds seriously. No, yeah. yeah, really, five pounds on a hundred and fifty pound frame. Five pounds is like putting twenty five, thirty pounds on a on a two hundred pound frame. Yeah. So lug around an extra twenty five pounds and tell me you don't notice a difference, dude. But one seventy, wow. I I don't think I could do it. I wanted to get buff for a bit, so I got buff. I I, mm-hmm. I fully understand. That's crazy. I don't I don't think I ever remember myself being either of the weights here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's all right. I don't move like my weight, and I that I'll keep that for now because in jujitsu, that's my favorite thing. Because people look at you and they're like, "Oh, you're the big guy," and I don't I don't move like the big guy. And they're like, I tell them how much I weigh, and they go, "No, you don't. No, I don't. I don't believe that." And then I sprawl and I put all my weight on them, and they go, "Okay, there it is. There it is." <laughs> yep. There's the, there's all the weight. Mm-hmm. Found it. What were you that the day of the fight? I remember you were, you said you were like 138, 140. Oh, the, the second Demetrius fight? No, no, no. I was 152.2 at midnight. Get out. I did three IV. I don't know why I did three IV bags. Charlie Blanchard from ATT gave me three IV bags. Um, and I, I was just, I was, dude, I was already using pills again. I was bloated. I was a fucking nightmare. Um, yeah. I, I remember like we had that, we did the interview. And then I was able to like fanboy a little bit, you know, and I tried like you were the first fighter I met. So I was like, all right, I got to be professional. I got to like stick to it. And I, I, I think I brought, didn't I bring you a hat? <laughs> yeah, you brought me something. Yeah. I think it was like, it was a mustache hat too. Yes. The white <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that hat not so long ago, I think. No. Oh. Well, that makes me feel good. Like, but that's the thing is that, you know, that was, you know, we're talking, I'm still trying to figure out how you weigh 30 pounds more the day of a fight. Like, not good. Yeah. Well, dude, look, I was, I was, I was ripped with a with a with an eight pack, but I had love handles. I could barely bend my arms. Like, I could, my arms <laughs> hurt. I was such a mess. Uh, I really fucked up for that one. Listen, on one hand, there never should have been a second Demetrius fight, but there was. Yeah, but if there that wasn't there, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I'll. Who knows where I would have been? People always ask, like, well, well, I'm like, I have no idea. But if, if you give me the superstardom that I was, that they were trying to shove me, you know, put me in that right direction, so I got a taste of it. You know, I already had friends like Chuck and other celebrity types. I had a really a, an actual taste of superstardom, like mm-hmm. real famous people shit. And I was like, damn, that's cool. Um, but it, it affected me like a drug. You know, I was, it was just made me crazy. And uh, I probably wouldn't be alive, you know. I probably would be doing crazy shit. I mean, I'm, who knows? Realistically, would I have been able to hold on to the title as long as Demetrius did? I don't know, man. I, I probably would have would have made some Connor money and fucking got out and just you know probably embarrassed myself like Connor's done. 
Oh. It's true. I mean, I would. I've been trying to offer Connor medicine work for a long time. Uh, we got some of the same friends, and you know, it's just, you know, it, it's it's a different world, and I get it. Fighters love to you know drink and do blow and be crazy, um, but I'm like, why don't we just unpack a bit? Let me give you a bunch of mushrooms, son. Make you feel better about life. Mm. You know, do you think you could really help him? Like, I hate talking about him, um, just because I feel like there's too much. I feel like he's done more negative for the sport than positive. We were getting to that point where people who didn't even know who he was, you know, never watched a fight before, but they would watch a, a card with him on it. Whether or not that was truly good for the sport, I don't know. Personally, I don't think it was good for the sport. I'm just going to put myself out there and kind of be the, the devil's advocate there just because were those people appreciating fights or were they just watching Connor and nobody else? Well, Here's a, a funny tidbit. When I went to I went to, to Ireland twice to fight. The first time I got there, everyone was like, "Oh, what are you what are you doing here?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm here for the fights." Oh, are you here for Connor? Oh, you're friends with Connor? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm you know, fucking. We're sharing a hotel room. Um, the second time I went out there, they were they didn't they weren't stoked on him. They were embarrassed by him, mm. and because we don't hear all the shit he's doing all the time at home. Yeah. yeah, he's been doing wild ass shit because he's a wild ass dude. Yeah, he posts pictures with with these two brothers that are they're not even allowed in Ireland anymore. They're in Majorca. They're they're they're, they're like mafia style, you know, running sort of people in the country. Connor grew up and knows a bunch of dangerous individuals. He's grew up in a crazy place and a crazy mm -hmm. time with crazy friends, and he just was the kid that got out. So you give him all the money and and no uh, no boundaries. He can get away with whatever the no fuck. No rules. Yeah, he's gonna do some crazy shit, yeah. just like I would have done. So I don't care what Connor's done in his life. Um, I mean, if it's bad enough, like say John Jones, I reached out to John. If I was able to put John through therapy, I don't need to be friends with John after. I, I don't like John, but do I want to help John? Fuck yeah, I do. Because when I heard John shooting a gun by himself hammered in a parking lot on like a holiday middle of the night like three in the morning in a in, a, in, a, in albuquerque bro, that, help. that sounds like you're gonna kill yourself yeah so i don't and i, I don't want that on anybody my best friend died in my arms hmm. uh, my other one of my other best friends justin levins killed him killed his wife a dear friend of mine and himself jeremy williams killed himself um you know david scott Shane was the one right yeah, David Scott asked me if on on Real Sports. They didn't show this part, but he goes, "Hey, he goes, well, do you, you know, I just told him what I'm trying to do. I can't lose more people that I love, yeah. more fighters. As I love all fighters because we're all the same." Mm. Uh, and he's like, "What well, do you think you can you can you can help them all?" It was just That's when I. That's probably why they didn't show it. I I lost my shit. And I was like, "I'm gonna try." Uh, <laughs> they maybe they maybe inter get interviewed after five grams of mushrooms when five grams was. Well, I, I think I think if they if they want to if they want to be helped I think you can. Yes, it that's the biggest thing. It could. That's the biggest thing. They 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 you you can reach out to them. That's how it gets started, you know. But but if they're either not going to respond or or have no interest, you've you've done your part. You've tried. Exactly. You know. So if they want it, yeah, I think you can help them. If they don't want it, well, I I mean, unfortunately, you're on your own. But well, I, I think I, I think with the work you do, I think there's a there's a third option there, is that you kind of have to explain to them why they need it or why they need to help themselves. 
you know, because it's easy to, like you said, it's easy to say, okay, you either want help or you don't. But the results would speak for themselves. But again, they still have to want to do that. And you being somebody, I mean, you know, Ian, you spiraled. Like you had your spirals and we've been friends a long time, man. Um, you know, and it's to see you completely do a 180. And I'm so glad I know not to say a 360 because I hate it when people, oh, I did a full 360. I'm like, so he's right back where he started. Yep. <laughs> My other favorite one is meteoric rise. I'm like, meteors fall down. <laughs> so that's, that's never a. They're a flaming ball of rock that falls down and fucking crushes everything when they land. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's not something you want to be compared to. But you've literally taken, you know, a life that I don't think a lot of people put in your position, number one, would have survived. Uh, And number two, you've not only done that, you've put up such a positive spin on it. And this isn't like riding your dick, like I'm just going to be as blunt as possible. So anybody watching, they're going to be like, whoa. But realistically, you know, I believe in what you're doing because I'm seeing, you know, you're not just saying, hey, I'm the best. And they go, why do you think? Because I am. You know, I don't even, you're, you're, I'm going to use this person and he's going to, he's going to kill me for this. Um, you guys, if, I'm sure you guys have seen Ryan Loco's work. Uh, does a lot of MMA photography. He thinks he's terrible. Like the dude will still be like, no, I'm not any good. I still got a lot to learn. And it's, it's a sense of like humbleness, but at the same time, it's like, I don't need recognition for what I'm doing. I don't. I really just want to freaking help people. Yep. And but. that's 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 the people that you can tell that they truly want to help is when they're not. I'm the best. I'm good. Tooting their own horn. It's it's if you are if you truly are the best, what you're doing will speak for itself, and the people will see that. Yeah. You know that that's that's kind of the stage that I'm at with my seven year old right now. Is is the kid, whatever he does, dude, he's like, holy shit, just good at whatever he does, you know. But then it's, yeah, I'm good at this, Jack. No, this, this, this is not how we do this. If you're good at it, people will recognize that. You don't need to tell everybody how good you are at it because what if, what if you aren't as good as you think and then somebody sees that and they're like, yeah, you're an idiot, you know. So, so let, let your work speak for itself. And I, and I, I, think, I think by not – Toot tooting and just grinding, putting your head down, putting in the research, reading your articles and, and, and having the knowledge, people will see that. It will recognize itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to – I don't want to be at the front anymore. I want to be behind the scenes and just help. Just mm-hmm. make lives better, make people perform better. Being a coach is, is where I, I'm happiest. You know, I can kind of do my thing back there and just let everyone else be the be the front, uh-huh. be the star, be, be the attention. I just I, I want to just be happy back here. Mm-hmm. I and that's sure. how I know you're. This is genuine. Yeah. Because I know you. You like to be out there in the front. You like to be that person. But yeah, you yeah, changed. Sure. Yeah. Over the last five years. Yeah. For sure. Where you awesome. don't mind being in the back, and I think that's that's a firefighter thing too. I think it would be safe to say. No firefighters running up and down the street. I don't think you've ever in your life run up and down the street and go, I saved them. And you know, that, that's, that's the thing is there, there, there are people. I, I think that there are a, a very few people that will, will take that job and do that job just to say, 
I'm a hero, I'm this, I'm that. But at, at the end of the day, it, it's, I'm not looking for thanks. I'm not looking, you know, I, oh, well, you're a hero. No, no, I'm not. I'm doing my job. This is it's, it's what I signed up for. It's what I want to do. I'm doing my job. My job just so happens to be helping people. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 it's, I, people, people say, oh, well, you're, you're a hero. You're this, you're that, you're that. No, no, I'm not. I absolutely am not. I am doing a job that I like to do and that's helping people. You know, it just, it just so happens to go hand in hand. Yeah. So that's crazy. Here I am, like, you know, leave it to me to not, you know, talk about Eddie's fight in two weeks, other than just saying you have a fight in two weeks. But realistically, that's what every interview is. Every interview is, yeah, hey, how's Absolutely. There's, there's, there's so much, there's so much other stuff going on in life. Yeah. That fight is 15 minutes of life. Yeah. That fight's going to be here and gone in 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, cool. What, what, what else are you doing? What else, what, what else is going on? You know, it's, I, I do think that people are interested in it, but I mean, how long are you going to talk about a fight? Okay. I'm going to fight Cody Stamen. He's a wrestler. Uh, he's probably going to try and take me down claims that he's working on a stand up until I crack him in the face and he realizes I don't want to do this anymore. He's going to try and take me down. I'm going to stuff his takedown. I'm going to continue to punch him in the face. Fight's over. Cool. We talked about my fight. Now let's move yeah. on. You we know? did the same thing every... Uh, how do you How do you think this fight's going to go? Do exactly. you see yourself winning? I would just love for someone to go, nah, um, I'm going to lose. Go over the shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, it, it's uh, nobody goes into a fight with the intentions of losing. No. It is, it is a very real possibility. You have a 50-50 chance there. Nothing is 100%. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Nothing is 100%. So, yeah, I, I have every intention on winning, but it's, it's a very realistic outcome that you could lose. You never know. And I think the craziest thing was when we had you, you know, Eddie, when you talked about I was like, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, I want to talk about how my button isn't what it used to be. And I just <laughs> remember just being like, uh-oh. <laughs> How do I come, like, what do I say to that? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to say? But I think you realizing that is no different than, you know, Ian realizing that you have a talent for leading people, for helping people, you know, having that self-realization of like, maybe this isn't what I thought I was going to do with my life. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's like you said, you, 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 you have to kill your ego and you have to get over that and you have to realize I'm not as good as I once was. Yeah. You, you, you have to, you have to leave that at the door. You know, yeah. if you can't leave that at the door, nothing good's going to come of it. You're just, you're just, you're going to continue down the same path and you're going to continue to get throttled. Yeah. And I love that. And I, that's a perfect stopping point because you know, the three of us, we can talk all night. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, especially Ian, cause it's only, you know, what, eight 30 over there. Oh, yeah, I slept at the kids at the trampoline park. Shit, it's late. <laughs> Problems wait, wait, so, wait, so right now this podcast is being broadcast in three different time zones. I'm on I'm central. What you're eastern? Yeah. In California. Yeah. Or Pacific. So we just Pacific. need a mountain. We just so we just gotta call somebody to be a mountain. What's, what's Tom? What's Tom? I is Tom I'm Mountain? Not. What's Oklahoma? No, I think he's central. Essentially. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oklahoma's not far west. Oh, I just want to make this known that I'm angry at every airline right now for $500 tickets so I can't go see Eddie fight. Mm. 
dude, tickets are stupid right now. So a round trip flight from Midway to Austin was like 800 and some dollars last week. Now, my captain at the firehouse, he was telling me that his wife and his son were looking for uh, flights to Montana in July. Montana. Mm -hmm. What's so special about Montana? Okay. Round trip flight. flight. They were looking, uh, not yesterday, but the day before. Two grand. Two thousand dollars. Yeah. That's so absolute insanity. What's right. what's gas prices out by you right now, Ian? Eight something? Eight something, nine bucks, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm I'm fucking over it. Dude, what the hell? We're five we're five fifty something here. Four seventy five. Like I can't complain. Like I, I would love to complain about gas, but he just said eight something and I'm like I know. I'm glad I, mean, I, I, I can't I, say much. I work from home. Like <laughs> I haven't sold my pedal bike yet, so we may we, we may be busting that thing out. Dude, yeah. I want right now. I want somebody to just videotape you riding the pedal bike <laughs> to work, but in like full gear, full, full gear. gear, yeah, <laughs> fire gear. We could put that on TikTok and be one of the cool kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll leave the the floor open, Ian. Tell everybody about where they can find more information on everything you've just told everybody uh, because there is a lot of process. Yes. Uh, go check out my Instagram, Ian McCall. Uh, look at my other Instagram, the McCall method. Argos is A-R-G-O-S three times on Instagram. Uh, that's where you'll find Argos, 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 the gummies, the wearables. We're a fashion brand, you know. Uh, and you can go on Argos regimen, R-G-M-N.com. Uh, com to to order stuff and yeah just go check it out go, go read literature don't don't even take what i say serious go google what you what ailments you have what's wrong with you and can microdosing fix it or can psychedelics fix it and something will pop up because you're just a human you have a bunch of human shit that's wrong with you and there's other humans fixing that same human problem with psychedelics it's crazy Eddie, fight two weeks. Two weeks. Are we on the main card at least? I have no idea. Honestly, I don't care. Two weeks. Let's That's get right rowdy. Let's yes. get rowdy. Let's get home and back to back to camping and fishing. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Gotta love that in in this in this sense, fighting is your escape from your job. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you can catch Eddie. It's UFC Austin. Uh, I, I don't know if they gave it a number or whatever they. I did. think it's got a number, but I don't know what it is. Ooh, hold on, let's see. fight night something. Uh, fight night. Yeah, let's let's pretend like you know. I, mean, I, was gonna, this, I was gonna say I'll fly out, but not with those sort of prices. Fuck dude, that. stupid, absolute insanity. I don't. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's literally called UFC Fight Night Austin. Okay, there you That's go. There it. you have it. But honestly, best of luck to you, Eddie. Um, Thank you. I know you put everything into it. Ian, thank you so much. Uh, I'll throw in my sponsors, La Barba Cubana. You guys saw me shamelessly plugging that earlier. Uh, the beard oil that makes it smell nice and sometimes makes me sound like a Joanne Fabrics. I don't know why why that's what I came up with, but that's what it is. Um, Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu has some really cool stuff on their website. 
for us not so smaller guys. Um, Tim underscore makes knives on Instagram. It's my buddy who actually makes um, started bladesmithing, so it's pretty cool to watch. Um, I did. I got a shout out Gene Click, who was on one of the prior episodes. He did send me a neck knife, and that thing is coming super handy. I don't wear it in public. It's just not my thing because I'm afraid it's going to fall and cut me because that's just the kind of person I am. And then Bertso's Bake Shop, uh, amazing goods that are in Orlando, which you're not going to be that far from it, but you'll still be like four hours away in. So, again, four hours away from me again. Um, as everybody can see, Eddie, thank you so much for the shirt. Like, wearing the shirt is pretty yeah, cool. Absolutely. Thank you. Ian's like, really? You didn't, you didn't give me one? Like, <laughs> I'll make I'll get something special for you, but the quigginoutpodcast.com. Um, I'm putting just about anything on there. There's stickers, there's sweatshirts, there's hats, there's tumblers, um, really anything I can come up with. But most importantly, um, I'm so thankful to the two of you. Um, you know, this is 10 years of being able to talk to you, of being able to, you know, go on this journey. And I'm just so excited that, you know, what the next 10 are going to, you know, bring us. Because at this point, you know, Eddie, you got that four part deal in. Who knows what you'll be doing next year, let alone in 10. So, I uh, definitely can't wait to uh, see what uh, what good comes of all that. So thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Anytime. Love you, buddy.